Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 632 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And joining us on the show this week, we'll have new old friends finding out about their latest production, which is going to be at the Stafford Gatehouse in early September. We'll be having a chat with Andrew McLean. She is, of course, journalist, former loose woman, and uh, somebody who is going to have a midlife celebration and not a midlife crisis. We'll be talking all about that. Brenda from Coach Trip joins us. We'll be chatting with him what it's like to be out on the road and the importance of staying safe on the road as we head out for our staycations across the UK this year. We need to make sure we're good to go before we get behind the wheel. And also we'll be finding out about One Night with Marilyn, a show which is going to be going out initially as a rehearsed reading and then we'll be touring the Midlands in the early part of 2022. That's all on the way here on The Milk Bar this week. With one night with Marilyn taking the stage in the not-too-distant future, I'm joined now by the creators behind it. We have Laura, David and Mark. Hello to you all. Morning. So, uh, first of all, uh, let's begin with David. Tell us a, a bit about what we have here. Uh, what, what we have here, Jason, is a, is a rehearsed reading of, of a new play by Peter Rose. Um, very few, even of Marilyn's fans, realised that she was sectioned at one point. She'd been hearing voices and her doctors and friends were very concerned about her. And this is an expressionistic play about what voices she may have heard that night. Um, it's very powerful stuff. It shows the human side of, of the superstar and a very troubled one. Um, the play is in development at the moment. These rehearsed readings are for audience feedback, for um, script development, and for um, finding casts um, for a main, uh, a real performance live without scripts. This is a reverse reading, so it'll be a little like um, a little like being the, the audience at a, the recording of a radio play. Mm. Um, the, the actors have developed their characters, we are working on the script. The, there will be action, there'll be real voices, um, but there will be scripts in hand. It's, a, it's part of the development of a play to go ahead next summer, the 60th anniversary of uh, Marilyn's death. Now, I, I think it's, it's always interesting as well to see something which has got the script in hand because you get to see some of the work behind what it's like to be an actor. And, and Laura, I mean, this must be interesting for you and probably something you haven't done a massive amount of before. This is a really the first rehearsed reading I've ever done. Um, and it, it's weird not having to worry about learning the lines. So I can focus more on the voice and um, development of the character. It's, it's really freeing in a way. Yeah, because there is that trigger there on the paper in front of you. But equally, I suppose you don't necessarily always want to be look like you're reading the whole time. You want to use it as a, as a reference point. Well, yes, it, it is. It's a, an advantage in one way, but a bit inhibiting in the other. But uh, on the other hand, it's it's a warm up. It's we're going to do it without scripts at a later date. So it's like you get to do both. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, the sort of rehearsal you may have, uh, you know, two, three weeks before a production potentially with a high turnover rate we have for, for shows, you don't get much top rehearsal time normally. So uh, this is going to be a, a, a bit of a luxury in some ways. Yes, yes, I suppose so. And it's just really lovely to invite the audiences in to see um, what's not the polished product to um, mm -hmm. really get them part of it. It's, 
And and who are you playing? Um, I'm Gladys. So Marilyn's very formidable, very Christian, self-righteous mother. The root of all her problems, really. <laughs> and is it this? This is something behind the story that we often do don't read. I mean, if if, if you're just somebody who's aware of the the legacy that she left behind with the fantastic films and the amazing voice, uh, it, it, it there is an awful lot more to to how she got to where she was and and the downfall too. Yes, definitely. And um, obviously, with all her problems, um, a lot of it does come from her early years, obviously. And, and mm. her mother was really um, the the first uh, the, the, the first problem, really. Mm -hmm. It's, it's where it all stemmed from, but where it went to is, is through the rest of the characters in her life. Mark, tell us about your role. Oh, I played Dr McCarthy, um, the no-nonsense doctor of Marilyn Monroe. Um, basically, he's the one that doesn't see her for the showbiz um, limelight that she is, but actually he's the one that sees her as just this, you know, this fragile girl that needs his help, really. And when you're trying to get that across again, uh, whilst holding the script, I mean, it looks like notes when you're a doctor too, doesn't it? So I think you, you yeah, can throw advantage. that into your role. You can, yeah. Um, obviously, you can use that a little bit as a reference point as, as those you know, your notes that you're reading to her. So it does help in that little bit, you know, that little bit. But this means you won't necessarily have scenery and props to work with in the same way as normal. No, so that'll be different. That'll be a challenge. I mean, I've never done a, a rehearsed reading of that before. Um, and it does take me a little bit of time to develop my character. Um, so, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really interesting process and in that on the night. And, and David, with the the way this will be shown, uh, I said that your, your first performance of this on the 6th of August, that's, that's sold out already, hasn't it? Yes, there's been a, a, a huge amount of interest, um, impressively so. And um, we're, we're very much looking forward to it because um, for people to be interested in watching the story in development, um, it shows the, 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 if you like, the education of the audience and how um, they'd like to see actors before um, the props, the stage, um, uh, and the the real show, the lights, the sound, you know. Um, this is, the, like as Mark and Laura have said, this is the development of character. And it's going to help myself direct the, the play in the spring or summer. And it will also help the writer, Peter Rose, make uh, any adjustments necessary. If, if some characters don't work, if things need polishing. It's a, it's a play in development. And it, it's a great opportunity for actors to work on character and voice without worrying about where they're going to stand and the lines. The characters are going to come out, and they have done beautifully. I'm so pleased with every one of, of, of my cast so far. Um, it's a bit like going back to college for them when you're walking around in the script all the time, but this is better. This is a polished pro performance, and they've done, they've done so well. They've done so well, especially Mark, who is the only real character on stage. All the others are figments of Marilyn's imagination. One of which, uh, Mother Gladys, terrifies me. <laughs> Laura, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's going to be uh, you know, this now sold out opportunity to see this uh, rehearsal uh, as as a reading. Uh, is there plans to put anything else on as the script takes more developmental stages from where it is now? Oh, absolutely, yes. I'm planning a, a tour of the of the West Midlands in the spring or the summer. And if there's enough interest, and, and if my cast are still in love with me, 
I'll um, we'll do another Earth reading about September. But that's uh, it's just thoughts for now. Depends on everyone's commitments. The tour in the spring or the summer is uh, we're making uh, a lot of thoughts are going into that at the moment because we we've got a wonderful cast. It's a popular play, um, so watch this space. And, and where do we find out more information about all that you have going on? And I'm sure there'll be uh, you know, some sharing on the socials of the, the way in which this rehearsed reading goes. Yes, you can check all our social media. You can check the social media for our main producer, Karen Struel White, um, on Facebook. And if you go to onenightwithmarilyn.com, you can read about the, um, the play, the writer, and, and much more of the background. Yeah, and meet more of the cast ahead of that rehearsed reading. If you're lucky enough to have tickets, then uh, have a great time at that one. Look out for potentially a second as part of the developmental stages in September. OneNightWithMarilyn.com is your website to find out more. And uh, so you are all over the socials. I've seen that shared by, uh, by Laura and the rest of the, the gang too. So uh, worth checking it all out. But it sounds amazing, something intriguing and different. And thank you all for joining me. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Thanks for your time. to the Stafford Gatehouse with Crimes in Egypt. New old friends are back. We have missed them. You always miss your old friends, particularly the new old friends. That's going to get confusing. I'm going to welcome them now. Hello, both. Hello. Hello. Right, okay, let's have full introductions from this part of the scene, please. Absolutely. So, uh, this... I'm, I'm Heather, and I run New Old Friends with Fergus. How's it going? I'm Fergus. So I write the shows. Uh, Heather produces the shows, and uh, some of the shows we're in, but not this one. We've got an all new, exciting cast for this Ooh, one. Ooh, yeah. intriguing! So I'm I'm used to seeing uh, most of the team on stage. So how does this one build up? Because we have had various crimes in in the past. We have, yeah. No, so this is uh, this is a remount. Just so this was uh, originally went out in 2019 on the title "Crimes uh, on the Nile," um, and it was very, very popular, which we're very thankful for. It did very, very well. It did so well, in fact, it made it across the desk of the Agatha Christie estate, um, who took a read of the script, said, you're absolutely fine. But they just, they asked us politely if we'd change the title to avoid confusion. And as they've got a very big legal team and we don't have anybody at all, we said, yes, of course. <laughs> um, so we changed the title to Egypt. So it's the same show that we made in 2019, but under a different title. So the plot is four, act, or sorry, the show is four actors playing lots and lots of roles uh, in a kind of fast paced Christie style murder mystery, but very much played for laughs. Yeah. And, and I, I absolutely adored the shows I've seen in the past. I don't think I made it to this one because the, the night clashed with when I was trying to do stuff. Because I think you played Wolverhampton with this when it was on the Nile. Uh, now it's in Egypt. Uh, you know, this is our chance to, to head up the road to Stafford and see you in, a, again, another fantastic venue. And sometimes the, 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 the more minimalistic sometimes the venue, the, the, the better for you guys. You've probably got more space than you used to at, uh, at the Gatehouse. Yeah, so the, the gatehouse, I mean, they've just finished this fabulous, fabulous refurb, which mm -hmm. uh, it looks absolutely stunning. So if you've not been along, do get along, even just to their bar area. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, obviously, come along for our show. But, uh, there are <laughs> other shows there as well. Um, and so this show is, um, I think, yeah, the, the stuff that we've kind of spoken about before has been um, in the studio for our Christmas work. This is, this is, um, this is quite a big show so it will fill the stage quite nicely it was on at the theatre or bath main house for example which is a very large venue and it's, it's playing some nice nice size venues so it's a slightly larger set than perhaps uh it was set, was, same, same lunacy yeah yeah the sets are bigger the, set, sets the are same bigger. sense of silliness just with uh, a bit more scale to it yes <laughs> yeah 
And, and, and because you, you know, you're not actually in it, Fergus, this time, which is, say, most unusual, uh, you know, the, the, how do you pass on your level of literacy to your actors? I mean, take it this, they're blooming good, which is what we expect. They are, and we start rehearsals with the new cast tomorrow, which is really exciting. So both Fergus and myself will be associate directors on the show. Um, so we're actually, uh, well, we're a married couple that also work together, uh, um, but we're also due our first baby in autumn. So that is why we aren't in the show this time around. <laughs> you, you couldn't really add that into the story and you never know quite <laughs> what size of the pregnancy you're going to be when no, you hit venue, no. so... Yeah, absolutely. So we we decided that we would we would love to you know still still uh, be be a part of it somehow. And we've got a recording of the show, but we sort of still very much want the new actors to sort of put their own stamp on it. Yeah. Uh, but with using what was the original show, making sure we remember like which side the actors come in from, and you know just sort of the the, the kind of movement of it. But then the kind of uh, and actually for Midlands audiences, character can be their own. Yeah. Um, people that have seen the Litchfield Garrick Pantos, Ben Thornton, who's the staple in, oh, he, he's in a lot of those, who was a lot in a lot of those Pantos for a number of years and very popular. He's actually taking over my roles in the show and he is just, oh, well, I'm flattered that he's taking over because he's an incredibly funny, funny man. So He's hugely funny, a lot shorter than you though. He is quite a lot shorter. And we were talking, <laughs> there's a joke in the show where my character goes through a door and bangs his head on the top of it. Um, the door's quite a bit taller than Ben, so we're not <laughs> quite sure what we're going to do with that. And then another one of the uh, new cast is a, uh, an actor called Oliver Milan, who was in um, one of our Christmas shows, Crimes of the Christmas Pudding. So if people have seen our work before or been around our work before, there are lots of little links over. And Kirsty Cox is returning as the detective. So it's only actually uh, Frances Keaton, who is the who's new, new. We've, she's, she's the new old friend, the rest of the old friends. Yeah. So she's, no, she's, a, she's a new, new old friend rather than... Oh, again, I can't work it out. There's it's, it's too, too many past, present participles and whatever else in there. It gets confusing. So the, the, the important thing is the madness, the mayhem, the entertainment, the, the little bit of a murder mystery on the side, and the fact that it is absolutely crazy fun. I've, 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 said, I've seen your shows and, and adored them and loved every moment of it. And uh, the fact that the Agatha Christie estate, I feel threatened, is always good. So uh, <laughs> they, 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 it shows that there is an awful lot going on that is amazing. So uh, we've got this one coming up. What, when are you in Stafford? And obviously there's, there's other places around the building. So if, if you miss Stafford, you've got Leamington Spa, I think, haven't you? Yeah, so we're in Stafford on the 7th of September for one night only. One night only. Don't worry, nobody sings. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we're, then we're up and down the country. Check out um, our website for tour dates but uh, it'd be lovely to see you all in Stafford I say it's a beautiful theatre that um, they've refurbed there so it'd be great to see everyone yeah we can't wait to be there give us the web address then okay it's newoldfriends.co.uk <laughs> you, you really got a chance to do it then and then he jumps all over <laughs> again uh, okay. I, I had a look like he panicked I, I, thought, I, like... I thought you meant the Staffordshire Gatehouse oh, one. I <laughs> I'm not sure I quite know that one so we, we've been going for 13 years how do you not know it <laughs> newoldfriends.co.uk that's our website <laughs> yeah i think it's staffordshire as well as i think i think it may well be as simple as that uh but uh, it is uh, well worth getting yourself along so that is a great venue we're blessed by some amazing theatres around our area and you've played pretty much all of them at some point and some of them still let you back as we've said <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
It's uh, always worth. If you see the phrase "new old friends anywhere," then then go for it because it is well worth seeing this team in action. The writing's awesome, the acting's always awesome, and uh, yeah, the, the the sets are, are always appropriate. It's well worth a look. Uh, thank you, guys. Always good to speak to you, and we look forward to seeing you doing your thing in Stafford in September. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank Cheers, you. Take Jason. Care. New research from David Lloyd Fitness Clubs tells 30% in the UK, aged 45 and over, think they've had a so-called midlife crisis. But we should be turning that into a midlife celebration. Somebody I don't think is old enough to refer is Andrea McLean, who joins me now. Hello. Hello. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Well, and well, yes, I am. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I checked your Wikipedia page, actually, just to see. And you're just a couple of years older than me, which means I think we're definitely still midlife. And we get to do all sorts of great stuff. I mean, the, the, the fun things that you've got up to over the years, including a reverse bungee jump. I mean, that's a bit mad, but still, it's, it's maybe that sort of thing people are considering when they're talking about a midlife celebration and proving it's not a midlife crisis. Do you know, Jason, I love your attitude to this because you're absolutely right. You know, it should be a, a celebration and you should, when you get to midlife, write down a list of things that either you've been too scared to do or you've always wanted to, but you're not too sure how to how to go about it. And I think it really backs up the, the, the research that David Lloyd Clubs have done, which shows that over a, a quarter of Brits think that even the phrase midlife crisis is so negative. And I think if we flipped it on its head and and made people see that actually getting to midlife is such a, a brilliant opportunity to just sort of sit down and reevaluate and think did I plan to be here or did I just sort of end up on this road and now this is where I found myself and actually I don't think this is where I want to be at all and I'm going to turn left or I'm going to turn right and do something totally different with myself you know and, and for most people you know the image of midlife crisis conjures up <laughs> inappropriate sports cars and, and yeah. oh, yeah, that sort of I, thing. I, I think the fact that gets criticized though is in part out of jealousy by those who don't have them are they you've bought that that's a midlife crisis actually no i've bought that because i can and it's what i want to do i mean we're both lucky we get to do some crazy things with work i mean i've, I've been to some you know, sort of fab places i've been to like rio and seen this statue of corcovado all through work and uh, i mean you get to all sorts of stuff whether it was you know, your time on loose women in the past or all the things you've done as a journalist so you know it's having these these chances and you know knowing that actually it's not a crisis it's something that should be enjoyed and that all rolls through and, and how our whole outlook on life is whether it's we're looking at our fitness as david lloyd uh, would know or whether we, uh, we we look at changing direction at some point in our lives a hundred percent and i think that you know that this comes back to a lot of the decisions that we make when we're younger take us on a path that either we've we've started because our parents thought it was a good idea and we we don't know any difference so we've sort of followed it or it's a something that was an interest that became a became a job i actually think it's a it's a, not only a a reasonable thing to do. I think it's a really sensible thing to do to, to sit down at, at, at any point, but especially when you get to midlife, because you've you've realized you've 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 got to a point where there is a chance where you've been around longer than you've got ahead of you. So mm -hmm. make sure that the time that you've got ahead of you, you know, you've got all this experience behind you. Sit down and 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 make some make some decisions based on experience and and you know qualitative thought rather than just okay well I'll I'll give this a go and I think as well our our health when when you do get to middle age and 
you know, it gets a bit harder to get out of a chair and things crack <laughs> a little bit when you when you when you run. Um, you know, is a really good time to just reevaluate. Right, what am I doing for my fitness? What am I doing to make sure that this second half of my life is as vibrant and as energetic and and as full of well being as it possibly can? So, you know, my mum is seventy five and and does Zumba. I'm terrible at Zumba. I <laughs> I, I get really confused my left and right. So I like doing slow things like weights and yoga where I can't fall over. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just find something that works for you. Yeah, yeah, yoga's got mats and padding. So if you do fall you're okay yeah that, that works but I mean yeah I think and, and that's one of the things I mean I've got to get back into my health regime it's been about three years since I last went to the gym I know we've had a pandemic in the middle which is an excuse which is brilliant but uh, you know, I need to get back into that but when you do go sometimes all you seem to see are the kids and you get personal trainers who are working with with the kids who yeah okay they want to build muscle they want to be this they want to be that they want to look great on Instagram uh, but that's not necessarily quite what you're looking for as you get older and I know David Lloyd are focusing on getting an over 55 trainer in each of their clubs which is fantastic because I think that a lot of men and women and you've you've put it so so well Jason that you know you know you want to get back into it but it's in it's intimidating to walk into a gym sometimes and you, you think that there's there's going to be people there who are younger fitter faster than I am and they're all going to know what they're doing but actually I love the the whole initiative by David Lloyd to have you know at least one over 55 personal trainer there who there's someone that you can just go oh someone who gets it and will explain to you you know what's happening but also give you something to to push towards to not think well i'm i'm not necessarily going to look like a 20 year old but i can be an absolutely rocking and fit 50 60 70 year old one of the one of the people that i actually follow on instagram is this amazing woman called uh john mcdonald and she i think she's 75 oh my word she got into fitness training i think when she was 73 <laughs> late starter She's amazing. She's amazing. Sometimes when I have days where I think, oh, I don't know if I can do this, I think, what would Joan do? So, yeah, you're never too late to start. Absolutely. And to so say that the fact that these trainers are going to be over 55 will feel young as well, which is cool because I'm, I'm only 49. There you go. There you go. You'll either feel good or you'll feel really horrific because you think, I can't even keep up with a 55 year old, never mind a 20 year old. In time, we'll be able to. That's Positively the point. Reframe. Positively reframe. Positively <laughs> reframe. That's the way to do it. But I, I, we, we, we talked to them about some of the fusion. How do you think you've ever done anything which is kind of midlife crisis, but really midlife celebration? Uh, have you got anything that, that stands out for you? Oh my word, that's such a good question. I've done such crazy things all the way through my life that my barometer for, for what is kind of out there is so high. So, you know, I remember when I hit 50, people saying, oh, you're going to write a bucket list of all the things that you want to do. And I thought, I've actually done them. I've, <laughs> I've, I've wing walked, I've stood on the top of a biplane while it did a loop the loop. Um, I've abseiled face first off Table Mountain. I, I fell backwards out of a helicopter in Chile deliberately, not, I didn't fall out. Um, when I did SAS Who Dares Wins, I suppose for me, I, I did buy a little sports car. It was entirely appropriate. Yeah, and and, 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 and very practical because a smaller car means that you're, you're damaging the environment less. That's, and the, and the top no. was means no air conditioning. Do you know, Jason, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as a smaller car means I can't get the kids in and I have okay. a little bit of time on my own. <laughs> That's also the way to do it. I think that works. <laughs> so where can we go for more information about uh, the work that David Lloyd are doing and their drive to get these over 55 PTs? 
Oh gosh, do you know, for anyone who's listening and thinks, do you know, this has really inspired me, go to davidlloyd.co.uk. All the information will be there. Check it all out. Find your local club. Go along. Don't be afraid. Don't think of it as a midlife crisis. Think of it as midlife maintenance and a celebration of what you can do. Perfect. Andrew McLean, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. With people heading back on the road for what could be the first time in Yonks this summer as part of their staycation, there's lots that could confuse our drivers out there. To tell us all, I'm joined now by Rebecca Ashton, Head of Policy and Research at I Am Road Smart, and Brendan Sherin, Tour Guide from Coach Trip. Good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon. So first of all, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about this research. Well, the research by Europe Car is really, really interesting. It gives us lots of things that we need to be concerned with um, and, and plan. So, for example, if you're going out in, in your car and you're doing a journey, then you have to really make sure that you're going to think about the servicing of it and the making sure that it's fit to go on the road. And of course, everybody knows that they ought to keep up to date with the highway code, but it really has shown that people are unsure of road signs. So it's a very, very good thing to to pick that highway code up and just flick through and make sure that you are up to date. Yeah, because I mean, there's all sorts of things which could be legal and might not be legal. I mean, how many people know about the rules on flip-flops when driving? Well, absolutely. And, and I think when you think about flip-flops, to me, it's more the danger that they could get you into. So, for example, you can slip out of a flip-flop or they can even get caught underneath a pedal. So you've got to think about what could happen. And, and if something like that was to happen when you're needing to to use a pedal and you can't, then obviously that's going to cause a problem. Yeah, we shouldn't be eating at the wheel either. And uh, barefoot driving is not allowed. But Brendan, I mean, you've seen probably everything on the road in your time as a tour guide. Uh, anything that surprised you in this report? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I think really, you know, it's um, it's it's just being aware really that, you know, we've had this long, long period where, you know, a lot of people haven't even driven, you know, mm. so just to be aware, you know, that your car is up to standard, you've got oil in it, your pressures are okay, um, and that you've planned your route, as Rebecca has said, you've planned your route, you have plenty of stops, you don't rush, you know, because a lot of people, you know, rush to, to, to get from A to B where, you know, you can just have an enjoyable drive and relax and uh, enjoy the scenery. When it comes to being out and about there, I mean, there the are rules surrounding uh, horse-drawn vehicles. I mean, it's always annoying when we get stuck behind a pony and trap, but uh, uh, it, it, should these even be on the road, Rebecca? Well, you know, they have the right to use the road. So yes, they can be on the road, but I think, you know, when you think about where you, you're seeing them, then they're normally going to be on, on country or small roads. You're certainly not going to be able to see them on, on for example, a motorway where they would be illegal. Yeah, it's the same with horses. When people are on rural, you know, roads, people, you know, ride their horses, you know, and they have every right to be on the road. But I always make sure that I really, really, really slow down and go at a snail's pace past horses and horse, you know, horse riders, because, you know, you just don't want the horse to bowl or to be scared and, and flip the, the, you know, the drive, the uh, rider. So, you know, you have to be very careful. Um, Brendan, obviously we're heading out and about. Uh, you've done one or two coach trips in your time. So have you yeah. got any great suggestions of places we could be going to as we are heading across the UK? Oh, well, I mean, the UK, I mean, you know, you've got Scotland, 
Ireland, Wales, you know, and England, all different in their own in their own right, you know. But uh, you've got to remember, we've got all the national parks that you could visit. You know, you've also got the seaside resorts. It really depends, you know, on the on the person's taste. Really, some people like to go hiking and walking, you know, inland, like the Lake District, or up on the fells or the Yorkshire Dales. Other people like to go for a seaside jog, you know, along the seafront and mm. enjoy the beach and the ice cream and the kiss me quick at so it's blackpool scarborough whitby you know st ives in cornwall although i've heard you know you must book before you leave because there's hardly any vacancies you know everywhere seems to be booked up yeah it's not a case to just turn up this year there's going to be a lot of demand within the uk yeah. and and rightly so I mean, it's great to have people enjoying the holidays back in the uk and exploring around our own country and this can sometimes lead us into a full sense of security when it does come to heading out on the road uh, and, and maybe even uh, because we're now going by car we could end up over in our vehicles and rebecca again that's something we need to be careful of Absolutely. You know, I personally have quite a small car. And so if I was going on a family trip, I'd consider hiring a car um, and having that little bit of extra luxury and knowing that it's it's nearly new and, and everything that goes along with that. So I would also say, think about how you're going to pack your vehicle, try and put everything in the boot and leave the, the passenger area for passengers. Yeah, and make sure you can see your two wing mirrors, at least you've got to have two ways of, of seeing at the back might be a bit stacked up but as long as you've got your wing mirrors you are legal to drive aren't you well i, I think you know having making sure that you've got enough view is certainly important um we do have an internal mirror it is there for a reason that rear view mirror so really we should do our best to make sure that it's not blocked and, and brendan do you take everything including the kitchen sink when you go out and about because you're used to the luxury of coach travel aren't you i am actually yeah but you've got to remember if i'm if i'm traveling i could be going for six weeks so i do have a lot of luggage <laughs> But I swap everything over each week and thank goodness for hotels and thank goodness for laundry because I can put it on my room and get it done and it's all ready for, for me starting filming on the Monday. Because we usually have one or two days off when we're filming so I can get my laundry done. So I'm very good. I don't I don't actually take a lot because I know I can get it, you know, get it laundered en route. And it's the same, it's the same with luggage, you know, that Rebecca's been talking about. When you get to your final destination, you know, I was in a, a campsite in the Lake District the other day and I walked through to see the facilities, you know, and amazing facilities, you know, I mean the shower blocks were brand new and the loos were oh, spanking clean and everything, I used the loos actually, even though I want to stay in at the campsite but, <laughs> but also but also, you know, the laundry facilities, you know, everywhere has laundry facilities these days So you know, and if you're self-catering in a cottage they usually have a little washing machine or a, you know, and a dryer because of the weather um, <laughs> so, you know, you don't need to, to take all that luggage, you know, all that vast amount of clothing and the kitchen sink as well leave it at home <laughs> yeah but but be ready whatever happens but it's a it's probably a range of different clothes but you, you'll need all four seasons in one day potentially which yeah. is the way it sometimes works over here although we have had some glorious sunshine and we do have to be careful when we're heading about because cars do get rather hot when we're out on the road too don't they rebecca absolutely you know it's and it's not just your internal temperature it's the, the car temperature as well so making sure that your vehicle is serviced is very important and I would say as far as air comes concerned for inside the vehicle, try and pick a, a, an ambient temperature so that you're not all freezing cold. And remember, the people at the front will probably be slightly cooler than the people in the back. So it's about making sure that you've got a good mix for everyone.
Uh, where can we go for more on uh, all this research and, of course, the, the the good things that you guys get up to over at uh, I Am Road Smart? Um, well, you've got two websites that you can go to. You can go to I Am Road Smart, which is IamRoadSmart.com. And I think Brendan will give you the, the Europe Car website. Yes, it's EuropeCar.co.uk. And all the details are there. All the research is there. It's amazing. Yeah, because, I mean, often it's more fun to take somebody else's car out on the road too. So if you are looking at maybe you haven't got a big enough vehicle, upgrade it for you going away on holiday exactly and one thing you know if you're if you're a young guy and you've got a, an engineering company don't use the works about <laughs> take your girlfriend out upgrade to a nice convertible and impressor that's a good <laughs> well that's, it's, it's a bit of fun so you, you can have that space so if you are taking a bit more with you uh or you want the kids to be comfortable in the back rather than throwing things at each other in the uh, the, the mini that you normally uh, can, uh, can afford to drive then uh, turn it into a bit more of a holiday and it gives us details again for your europe car yeah it's europecar.co.uk and they also have four by fours any any sort of uh, range of car so you can go larger or smaller, more intimate, convertibles, the whole shebang. So, yeah, might even try an automatic rather than changing gear when you're on holiday. <laughs> oh, there you go. And, and, Brendan, of course, you've already mentioned the fact that filming uh, endlessly taking place in your life. Uh, when when are we, can we next expect to see you on our screens? Well, hopefully, hopefully um, in the winter. We, we start in September, so it's got to be obviously filmed and edited and everything. But, yeah, September we start, thank goodness. Well, Brendan Shearing, at Tour Guide from Coach Trip, and Rebecca Ashton, too, from I Am Roadsmart. Thank you both for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. Back with episode 633 next week. I hope to see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.